Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. It was your turn to start things off, wasn't it? I you jumped know, the gun, it, didn't it I? was, but it is the joy of the morning that we always greet one another. <laughs> and that's the important thing. You know, it's Wednesday, it's hump day, we got to get through this week. And what makes it a little bit better? Text talk. And Spending some time in the Word. Word of God. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. It's a great way. And, of course, we are we are actually kind of working through some of these parables. What we were finding out yesterday is maybe they're not all quite as simple to understand as we often think. And uh, we're, we're taking a deep dive on a on one about a mustard seed today, aren't we? Yeah, let's talk about that. We're going to read verses 31 through 35. I hope everybody's reading the whole chapter every day. Of Matthew 13. Of Matthew chapter 13. We're not going to be able to read the whole chapter uh, this week on our conversations. We're going to read a lot of it, We're getting a lot of it. That's our commitment to you. We did skip the parable of the weeds. We're just going to talk about the mustard seed. Here in verse 31, English Standard Version, he put another parable for them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. So we uh, pointed this out, I think, Monday. These parables are about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Matthew's talked a lot about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven uh, in, in his record of Jesus' teachings and doings. And here we have the kingdom of heaven is like. And I guess one of the things I'm seeing as we take a couple of here together with this mustard seed and with this leaven is uh, it starts really small and gets really big. Starts really small, gets really big. I do think that that in the main, that's the point. That's kind of the surface level there. I do have some questions about this mustard seed parable. It is true that mustard seeds are among the tiniest of seeds. I've seen them and they are very small. It is also true that some strains of mustard will actually grow into a tree. Some that can even reach up to about 20 feet tall. That big? Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, I, didn't, I didn't think it got that big. That's not the most common, but it can happen. It can happen. Most common and what most gardeners plant actually produce a plant that doesn't grow that tall. It doesn't grow nearly that tall. But And that, that kind of produces the point. I, I, I mean, I get it. There are some strains that do that. And yet, even the tree that grows from those strains of mustard seed, to me, don't necessarily measure up to the point that Jesus seems to be making. I mean, yes, that's, that's taller than, say, your basil plant. Sure. Or even your tomato plant. Sure. But it's not like it's exceedingly tall as far as trees are concerned. And so... By uh, and large. By and large, yeah. There's lots and lots of trees that are way bigger than that yeah so it's possible okay if we're going to say that parables are just hey i'm just trying to make illustrations from everyday life it is true that we see this very very tiny seed that can grow into a tree that seems disproportionately large compared to the size of the seed i mean honestly any any of those plants and trees is disproportionately large to the size of the seed seed. yeah that's one of the amazing things that runs through these parables, I think. But I I wonder if there's actually something else we're supposed to see here, that Jesus is not saying, oh, this kingdom is just like every other mustard seed. Mm -hmm. Um, 
is he trying to point out that, hey, this kingdom, even for a mustard seed beginning, is humongous. It's large. It grows even larger than the normal mustard seed would grow. And here's what I think is happening. Just like the parable of the sower actually stretched back and pulled out of the prophets. That was Isaiah. We didn't get to look at a whole lot of those. But Jesus' statement at the end of this parable about the mustard seed, about the tree growing large enough for birds to nest in its branches. The original hearers should have heard that phrase and said, oh, wait a minute. I've heard that before. In fact, we find that kind of language in multiple prophecies. Hmm. We have all the way back in Ezekiel chapter 31, God there also gives a bit of a parable, but in Ezekiel chapter 31, verses 5 through 8, he's talking about the kingdom of Assyria. And the kingdom of Assyria is described as a tree that grows so large that the beasts rest under its shade and the birds make nests in the branches. That's in Ezekiel chapter 31, verses 5 through 8. I see you turning over there. You want to go ahead and read it? I didn't know if you wanted me to, but I'll let you get on over there. So he's just talking about Assyria and how God has blessed Assyria Mm -hmm. and that God lifted Assyria up. And what an amazing thing it is. Go ahead and read verses five through eight. there. Yeah, sure. Therefore, its height was exalted above all the trees of the field. Its boughs were multiplied and its branches became long because of the abundance of water and it sent them out. All the birds of the heavens made their nests in its boughs. Under its branches, all the beasts of the field brought forth their young. And in its shadow, all great nations made their home. Thus it was beautiful in greatness and in the length of its branches, because its roots reached to abundant waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not hide it. The fir trees were not like its boughs, and the chestnut trees were not like its branches. No tree in the garden of God was like it in beauty. So here's this imagery that's used to describe a blessing on a kingdom. It is like a tree that has grown so large mm-hmm. that it's even larger than all of the trees in the garden of Eden, Eden right. in the garden of God. This is also used in Daniel chapter 4, and I've already turned there while you were reading, so I'll read this one. In Daniel chapter 4, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, that Daniel has to tell him what the dream is and then give him the interpretation Mm -hmm. of it. Here we find it again. Daniel chapter 4, verse 10. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not the dream that Daniel had to tell him the dream itself, but he did have to give the interpretation. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong and its top reached to heaven and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. Here again, it's a kingdom kingdom that has been blessed by God Mm -hmm. and it is pictured as a tree that has grown so large it can be it can be seen all over the whole world that's a reference to the babylonian kingdom so you've talked about a couple of different empires here yeah and uh it looks like another one in ezekiel Ezekiel 17 17. yeah only now isn't ezekiel talking about israel he's talking about god's kingdom absolutely yeah Yeah. so once you read that one in ezekiel 17 22 22 through 24. 24 all right so Thus says the Lord God, I will take also one of the highest branches of the high cedar and set it out. I will crop off from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one and will plant it on a high and prominent mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it and it will bring forth boughs and bear fruit and be a majestic cedar. Under it will dwell birds 
of every sort. In the shadow of its branches they will dwell. And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree and exalted the low tree, dried up the green tree, and made the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it. There he's talking about Israel. He's, I think, talking about spiritual Israel. He's talking about the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom that we started the week talking about, the radical king. Now we're hearing about the radical kingdom. kingdom. And this kingdom begins in this very, very minor, small, insignificant way, but it actually grows to be this humongous tree. And so I tend to think Jesus is actually trying to give a shocking picture, not a normal picture of a mustard seed growing into the tree that a mustard seed might grow into. I think he's trying to give us a shocking picture. We started with the mustard seed, and as large as that tree can grow, this mustard seed actually has produced something amazingly large. Kind of like we were talking about cedar trees and these prophets. Yes, absolutely. And it's going to grow huge. The birds will branch and uh, will nest in its nest. Will branch in its nests. The birds will nest in its branches. Now, he doesn't mention the beasts in the shade, no. but we, we do have this idea, of that same picture. Now, here's the fascinating thing. We didn't read this about Assyria and Babylon, but if we had kept reading in both passages, it would have actually talked about the fact that those trees got chopped down. Mm. All these other trees get brought low. Mm-hmm. They all get judged. They all get cut down. They all get burned. And that's what happened to Assyria, and that's mm-hmm. what happened to Babylon. Mm-hmm. Now, in Daniel, the kingdom gets pictured as a stone that comes out not carved by hands, but it grows to fill the entire earth. Yeah, in Daniel too. And now we've got a similar point about this tree. It grows from this very small, minor beginnings. Mm-hmm. and becomes this huge, major thing. Here's how I think this fits. We made the point yesterday about Jesus teaching in parables that all of that really started when he was accused of being insane and possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. So here's this fella that's come along, born in a backwoods country, in a backwoods town in that country, under the shadow of scandal. Yeah. Because as far as the world was concerned, his parents weren't, weren't married. married. Yeah. He's just a carpenter turned itinerant teacher in this backwoods country. That's where it begins. He gets some followers, but they won't stick around. He starts teaching things and they get mad and they leave and then some others start coming. And of course, they're all going to actually end by demanding that he be crucified. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, he's he's when he's resurrected, even we end up with about 120 followers. This is this is almost insignificant. Yeah. What, what what can 120 people do? Yeah, yeah. And yet, it becomes a kingdom that spreads throughout the entire world. And here we are 2,000 years later, and Christianity, yeah. though I, I get that I'm not sure that everybody who claims to be Christian is truly following Jesus, as they should, but we have to recognize it's the biggest religion in the world, everyone who claims to be yeah. following after Jesus. It's a humongous thing. Yeah, it is. It, and... All the nations, mm-hmm. I mean, it's people from all nations. That's exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. And of course, that's kind of like the leaven. You just have yeah. to put a little bit of leaven in a lump. You don't have to mm-hmm. have leaven throughout the whole lump. You just put a le- little leaven in one corner, and you you need the bread. And it just makes its way through the entire mm-hmm. lump. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it leavens this entire lump of dough. Until it was all leavened. Every bit of it. Yeah. So here's the story. Now, again, he could be just saying... 
It's like a mustard seed that grows into a tall tree. But I really think he's trying to get us to go back to those prophets and see that this is even exceptionally large for a mustard tree. What a, what a mighty tree. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. And even though it starts very insignificant, you got a guy who's going to be killed as a slave rebel. That, that's, that's not the most auspicious of beginnings. That's, that's not the most significant. I mean, you know, he's not, he's not a guy who's developed an army a million strong that's now going to come in and conquer the empire and take over the world. He's a guy that went to a cross, mm-hmm. and it started with him dying. Yeah. But it's yeah. become an amazing force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. This last part uh, that we read, verses 34 and 35, talks about, uh, again, fulfilling a prophecy of why he's speaking in parables. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. We talked a little bit about the parables being a dividing method of teaching for the people that want to believe Jesus is uh, you know, all washed up and not the true teacher. Well, then they can make what they will out of those parables. But I think this is so interesting that even in these parables and this announcement of the great kingdom of God, these are things kept secret from the foundation of the world, that there is a revelatory aspect even in these parables of the great thing that God is doing in Christ and bringing about by having this kingdom of heaven. Let's take that one step further before we wrap up. If we actually go back to where that statement comes from in Psalm 78, 78.1, English Standard Version, give ear, O my people, to my teaching, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. In other words, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Yeah. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn. Uh, Let me just drop down to verse 9. The Ephraimites armed with the bow turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders in the land of Egypt. Verse 17, yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. Verse 21, therefore, when the Lord Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel, but they did not, because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Here's the reason I'm reading all that. Yeah. Because that Psalm, it's actually talking about judgment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're telling you about what God has done, but you're not listening. Yeah. Therefore, you're going to get judged, mm-hmm. which ties into everything we've said about parables yeah, this week. Certainly does. Sorry, I know that took us over, but. No, it's great. And thank you so much for joining us. Send us an email. Let us know uh, what you're gaining from the program. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. And uh, let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the time to be together and study your word as we've thought about this parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the leaven, even the purpose of teaching in parables. We are humbled because in your wisdom you have a great and mighty plan to establish a kingdom in Christ Father, that we are invited to be a part of by the gospel, to be citizens of your everlasting kingdom even today, knowing, Father, that it grows throughout the world and knowing, Father, that it lasts forever with you in heaven. We're thankful to be a part of it. We're thankful for the gospel. And we pray, Father, that your your kingdom would be glorifying to you for all time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty.